Our gospel reading this morning, friends, comes from the first chapter of John's gospel. And it's the story of John the Evangelist's account of John the Baptist. And it's a little different than the other gospels. It presents a John who's in some ways more aware of who Jesus is, but at the same time, like all of us, struggles to fully understand who is the one that meets us in Christ Jesus our Lord. So let us listen for God's word to us this day. The next day he saw Jesus coming towards him and declared, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now it's interesting here to note that in the Western liturgy of of much of the Catholic Church, they sing each week, Behold the Lamb who comes to take away the sins of the world, plural. But if we go back to the Greek, it says sin of the world. As if we all committed one big crime. But that's not really the meaning of the word. When John says, Behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world, He's referring to that larger understanding of brokenness that isn't just about you and me and what we've done and left undone. But it's about the state of alienation that all of us experience being separated from God. The state of alienation that the entire creation, in fact, experiences. Paul speaks of it this way. In Christ Jesus, God was reconciling the world all that is unto God's self. Now, when he says it, that's reading a lot into it. But that's what the Greek means. Behold the Lamb of God who comes to fix and take away the brokenness for you and me and for the whole world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? And they said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, Where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was standing and where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Jesus to Simon, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. Come and see. Friends, 
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O God, uphold me as we uplift thee. Amen. Well, the family continues to recover from our our last journey to America. I'm uh, detoxing my body from all the candy and the Tex-Mex and all the things I shouldn't eat. And we've all got those prerequisite chest colds and no one is sleeping well, which makes toddler time with the youngest very interesting. And last night as I was struggling to get to sleep, thinking about this morning, thinking about all the things going on that really don't matter in those day-to-day worries that keep us up at night when they probably shouldn't, I I was awoken by the sound of, of not just one person snoring, not just two people snoring, but three other people snoring. Now normally in the household you can guess that I'm the one who snores the worst. My wife, in fact, once tried to stop me from snoring by putting her hand over my mouth, and I woke up thinking, well, I've finally done it, and here she is doing me in. But last night I awoke, and I could hear, I wish that I could say it sounded like a harmony, but it didn't. There was a buzzsaw coming out of Angus's room, and Finley, I'm not sure, but there were some fowl in that room, and uh, they were not having a good time. And my wife well, hers was, was delicate and, and befitting a, a lady of her stature. And it wasn't so much a snore as it was a, a gentle inhale. And when she exhaled, well, it was the sound of a teapot whistling quite loudly, repeatedly, for three hours. And this morning she asked me, dear, how did you sleep last night? And in one of my moments of ill-advised honesty. I said, well, really, I slept quite horribly. And she says, oh, no, was I snoring? I said, no, 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 you weren't snoring. And then I related that last story. And we both broke down laughing. Thank God. And then we both broke down in coughing fits, which is the state of our lives today. Friends, we have to stop and laugh at our lives. We take ourselves far too seriously, and I say this not preaching to you, but reflecting upon all my colleagues in ministry, and especially me, myself. We take our faith way more seriously than we should take God's faith in us. We must laugh at our lives. As Christians, our certainty, our deepest comfort is that we belong to God. That's why the confessions say, and I repeat, what is our only comfort in life and death? That in life and death we belong not to ourselves, but to our Lord Jesus Christ. So much of our journey as Christians is learning to hand over to God the things that belong to God and readjusting and re-engaging the world on God's terms and not our own. Because the best laid plans of mice and men, as the bard said. Hmm. An American writer speaks of it in, in another way. Looking at the world around, she writes, Do not be dismayed by the brokenness of the world. All things break, and all things can be mended. Not with time, as they say, but with intention. So go, love intentionally, extravagantly, 
unconditionally. The broken world, she writes, waits in darkness for the light that is you. Now that's a wonderful secular statement of handing over to God what is God's and re-engaging the world on God's terms. I think that's what John is discovering throughout his story arc. Is that as much as he understands who God is, it's not the God that he meets. And he must learn to hand those things over to God, over to Christ. And so we get that powerful scene where he's in prison and he says, are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another? But he does understand something important about Jesus and we hear it in John today. Behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. We know the who. But we don't often know the how and sometimes we don't understand the why. But to behold the Lamb, the self-emptied One, the Messiah, to behold the Son of God is to hand over to God that which is God's and to re-engage the world on God's terms. Now this morning in Puerto Rico, the roads will be packed when the sun comes up. Now, as you know, this hurricane-ravaged country is still recovering from all that's gone on in the last two years, and they're especially now coming to terms with these massive earthquakes that hit again and again and again. They hit predominantly in the eastern part of Puerto Rico. In the days that immediately followed the aftershocks, the roads were packed. but they were packed in the eastbound lane and not the westbound lane. Now logic would dictate that if the earth underneath you is vibrating and your house around you is falling down and you're sleeping outside because you can't determine whether your house will remain standing or not, you would pack up everything you own and drive west out of the path of the earthquakes. But yet, news reporters reported day after day that the eastbound lanes were blocked. With Puerto Ricans loading up their cars with food and supplies and staples and driving into the earthquake regions to care for their brothers and sisters on the other side of the island so that they may be taken care of. And these weren't just government convoys. These weren't just charities. These were everyday people like you and me those of means and those without any means other than their car were packing up the things they had to travel east into the earthquake zone. As I was traveling back to the States, I I heard this story and I kept thinking about that image. And what a wonderful image it is that when the earthquakes hit, they blocked the other lanes. There's so much, friends, in this world that we cannot control, that we can't do anything about hurricanes, earthquakes, doctor's reports. But we can choose how to respond. We can choose to re-engage the world on God's terms. And it isn't easy. It's easy for me to preach about 
and so much harder to do. But John stands before us saying to us again and again, Behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God. And what does Jesus say when the disciples follow him? He says, come and see. I think that's the message I need to hear from John today, that I needed to get from those saints, Presbyterians among them in Puerto Rico, driving in the eastbound lane into the hurricane zone, into the earthquake zone, to come and see what God is doing, and to hand over what we cannot control and re-engage the world on God's terms. It's what's so often missing in my own faith, maybe in our faith collectively, is that our faith should ground us, and it should also turn us upside down. It should comfort us, and it should also challenge us. It should root us in the living God that is nearer to us than breathing, and it should draw us outward to that great cloud of unknowing that is God beyond our understanding. Our job is to hand over much to God and to re-engage the world on God's terms. If I were to steal that quote and make it a Christian quote, maybe I would say this. Do not be dismayed by the sin and brokenness of the world. All things break. In Christ, all things are being mended. Not with time as they say, but in Christ. So go, love intentionally, love extravagantly, love unconditionally. Hand over to God what is God's and re-engage the world on God's terms. For the broken world waits in darkness for the light of Christ being revealed in people just like you and me. So friends, in this season of winter, in the seasons of wild winds and wild weather and even wilder politics, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of us and the sin of the world. Amen.